Welcome to the 60th episode of the Super Awkward Fun Cast with your hostess with the most is L. Latham. And it's a very special episode. This is part two. And we are going to get into it about the vaccine situation and the propaganda that we have endured over the last couple of years from the establishment that is now telling us to shut up, stop spreading this misinformation. That's our job. So we're excited to do this episode and get into it. I'm excited, I mean, and you should be excited too because I have a wonderful guest today and her name is Angela McArdle. You might know her from the Libertarian Party. That's the party that she represents and she is a longtime friend of mine or (laughs) I used to hang out with her back in the day in LA before it became a (sighs) shithole and now she has moved so let's get into it and I am here with my special guest Angela McArdle hello Angela hey thanks for having me no problem I'm so glad to have you on the show because I see a lot of your tweets, um, and I agree with them a lot, frequently. Um, And I just love to hear other people's perspectives, and it's good to have a guest every once in a while, so I'm not, like, in the void of, like, an echo chamber kind of situation. I don't want to feel like that on my own show. Because it did start out a long, long time ago as something where people could come together and have different perspectives on different things, mostly pop culture-related, but also political over the years. And so it's good to get back into that that kind of rhythm. But anyway, uh, enough about the podcast. Uh, Let's introduce my guest. Um, Give us your credentials, uh, your political affiliation, all of that jazz, fun stuff. (laughs) Sure, so I am the former chair of the LA County Libertarian Party. I did that for about four years, and I am currently chairing the National Libertarian Party. So I run the third largest political party in the country, Um, and we are obviously very busy all the time, fighting for our individual rights, speaking out against mandates and lockdowns and all things of that nature. Yes, and I applaud you for that. I think the Libertarian Party specifically really stepped up during the ridiculousness that we've suffer through um, the last almost three years um, of, you know, the lockdowns, which we'll get into later, and the vaccine mandates, which we predicted a lot of people in the Libertarian Party and outside of it and, you know, unaffiliated like me were predicting that. And I did so on my podcast with uh, somebody who was gaslighting me. I don't want to get into it too much, but, you know, it's it was very difficult. And I'm sure you've experienced that with your friends and, you know, possibly family, that people would be like, oh, no, this is conspiracy theory and this is never going to happen and don't worry about it. You're you're looking too far into the future. You, you're making shit up, you know. And again, yep. that's what we were told by the media and the government as well. The world government, not just the government, like, of the U.S. But we'll get into that. Um, yeah, so, like, 
it's just been very difficult to be someone who is liberty-minded, who is individual, who wants individuality, like myself, which is something I do agree with the Libertarian Party on. And I would probably be in it if I were convinced that electoral the electoral process was even worth a fuck <laughs> at this point. I, I support a giant meteor, so <laughs> that tells you where I, I, where I, I am. <laughs> I hear you on that. Like, it's... It's a struggle, man, when you when you see how seemingly hopeless electoral politics look and how it just looks so much of it just looks rigged and like theater, just performance art. It's it's frustrating to want to contribute any of your time into something that you think is just totally futile. So I I feel you on that. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of things that we can all find common ground on. And I think that's really something that I learned also through this experience is that I don't agree with everybody about everything. And how could you? Like, I don't agree with myself about everything on everything. So um, how could I, you know, I, I have to bridge that gap and I have to find things that I do agree with people on, whether they're very extremist in their views because that goes both ways as you know republicans and democrats can be very extremist which is why i never prescribed to either party because as a child even as a child i was like yeah they're too much (laughs) these people are a little too much for me i think i'm gonna stay in the middle i think i'm gonna be like an independent i'm just i'm cool i don't agree with this and i don't agree with that and I can't be in this club, I can't be in that club. So I'll just, you know, be in my own individual club. <laughs> like, just party of one, please. Um, so that's, that's something that, that's really good. And I really find that I can, it's weird because, and I'm sure you agree, you probably agree, it's easier sometimes to find common ground with conservatives nowadays than it is the liberal, you know, the people who label themselves liberals but are not liberal in their actions. Um, Well, it's really like which group of people is more open to rational discussion right? and is is less quick to vilify you, call you names, and dehumanize you. True. And lately that's been people who are more to the right politically. Like, unfortunately, that's just the reality. And, and there are still there are still a handful of, of good uh, principal people on the left. They've just they've broken away from the Democratic Party and they're doing their own thing. Correct. So like I have a good relationship with uh, the remnants of the anti-war left and some of the people from a small minor political party called Movement for a People's Party. They're like ex-Bernie Bros who are very anti-war and they're also anti-woke. So it's been interesting to kind of navigate to the political fallout of the last few years. For sure. And then, um, what was I going to say before? Um, Oh, yeah, conservatives, it seems, have been at the forefront of the liberty kind of movement in the last few years of this control apparatus that they've, you know, used against us through the COVID-19 restrictions. The first, the masking which they'd said, you know, don't worry about it at, f- at first. Like, you, you don't really need a mask. And we went over that in the last episode. But just to recap. And then all of a sudden it's like, everybody, get a mask. Everybody, be f- be afraid. Da, da, da. Be afraid for a couple of years. And, and then it'll die out a little. And then it'll come back again. And then you'll have to do the thing again. So we did that twice in L.A., I'm sure you know. Uh, the okay. mask mandates. <laughs> 
And I was like, oh my gosh, they're doing it again. Like, cause they could, they got away with it the first time. So they said, okay, we're going to do it again. Cause people were up for it. And then when they tried to do it a third time, people were like, fuck you. We're not doing this anymore. And they're like, ah, oh, never mind. We, we were just kidding. <laughs> Don't yep, worry about absolutely. it. Absolutely. It's, they just, they'll do whatever they can get away with. That's exactly true. And that's what we were afraid of with the vaccine mandates. And what's weird is that I've said this before. I, I don't know if I've said this here, but I've said this elsewhere on another podcast that I was aware of things before they happened because of how many people I, I looked at and saw their content. And one of them many years ago was like, there's going to be vaccine mandates. It doesn't feel like it right now. Like, you know, everybody's going to have to get vaccinated and stuff. And I'm like, oh, shit. Ah, not me. <laughs> and I never changed. <laughs> oh, yep. yeah, I guess I've just announced my status. I don't give a shit. But anyway, you know, the winter of death has eluded me, sad- sadly. I I have not succumbed to the death that was portended, foretold, foretold by the, the establishment media and uh, U.S. government. But... Anyway, like I prepared for such an event. Well, I prepared monetarily. I like saved up a lot of cash, which I still have reserves of. And I made sure that I didn't spend a shit ton of money because I knew that something was going to happen. I didn't know about the lockdown specifically, but I knew something. An apocalypse was coming is what I thought. Right. So I had to be prepared. And I also, when, when the the disease happened when it first arrived on the U.S., you know, via the fucking cruise ships. <laughs> Amazingly. Right. You know? And when that happened, I I told, like, people at work, oh, you know, this is just a virus. It's not that big a deal or whatever. And then I looked into the, the Wuhan lab, and I was like, wait, this Wuhan lab of virology, you know, this this is... This is looking like interesting to me. But I said that after a coworker, I'm gonna uh, shout him out, Mike, uh, if you're listening, which you aren't, but you know, if you ever listen to this, you got me convinced that shit was happening, that a pandemic was, was occurring, that something was planned and it was being implemented and it was through the lab, which now we know is like the kind of only possibility <laughs> Um, and I'll get into that on, on, on tonight's, uh, tonight, if tonight has a show, uh, the Sunday show that I usually do. But anyway, um, basically I, I saw the articles when they came out and before the media really looked at it and was even talking about conspiracy theories, I was already figuring out what the conspiracy was and, you know, um, the January, 2020, I think article about the Wuhan lab, which I was sharing on social media before a lot of people um, in the mainstream media, because indie media was always ahead of the mainstream media with this stuff. And always. shout out to like Ryan Christian, because he's like been at the forefront of everything as well. And Corbett, I just love all of them, James Corbett, and um, Truthstream Media, who's been, you know, telling us about biometrics and, you know, um, digital ID for years and years. So it, could, it couldn't have been done. I couldn't have been prepared without these people who made me aware of what was going on. So any media is super important and I'm glad to be a part of that. I never thought 
a few years back, like when we were like hanging out back in the day, uh, I never would have thought I'd be having a my, like a politically charged podcast now. And I never thought I would be like on somebody else's podcast and contributing there and actually writing about stuff and, you know, just sharing all this information and being so proactive about it. Because information is power. Like it's so, it's so important yeah. that we be informed. That's one of the great things about the the information age and the rise of the internet is it's so frustrating, you know, watching can- cancel culture unfold and yeah. seeing people deplatform. But it is impossible to totally silence someone because you can't always go somewhere else. There are ways to get the message out, yeah. and people who are hungry for the truth are going to search for it. Indeed. Well, uh, speaking of the truth, so this all came about, um, I don't know if you heard the last uh, episode, but uh, stop spreading misinformation, that's our job, part one, um, based on this goalkeepers conference from Gates Foundation that they had a while back with Bill Gates spouting off about conspiracy theories and getting, you know, asked questions and stuff in this panel, and Cal Penn contributing and being a total douchebag as he seems to want to be for the Democratic Party, I guess, ever since he were, started working for Obama, which didn't... which It's funny that, like, all these people still think Obama was the shit. Like, it's so insane, because were you seeing the same shit I was seeing? No, because you're, like, rich or whatever. I don't know what you saw, but it is not what we all experienced during that time. It was not all hunky-dory everybody's happy it was bombs in muslim countries so mainly muslim countries so absolutely drone strikes galore um lots of collateral damage lots of innocent women and children killed well and then also his his involvement in ukraine and in 2014 that was no good that teed us up for what we're dealing with right now victoria newland Uh, Yep, and then we had riots in Ferguson, Missouri, really kicking yep. off Black Lives the Matter. BLM. Yep, the rage, the palpable rage and racial divide. That's Before it got co-opted. <laughs> yep. Because everything Just gets really co-opted. Frustrating. Everything gets co-opted. Um, and it would be great to have a leader who could kind of cut through the noise and at least call it out, but obviously we didn't get that with Barack Obama. Yeah, and I don't think we got it with Donald Trump either, obviously, who who started Operation Warp Speed, or put his name on it, at least. Right. And has right. still said, oh, get your vaccines. Like, I got my vaccine, you should, you know, you do what you want, but I like the vaccines and everything. And also shield for Gavi, as I've talked about in the past, which is the Vaccine Alliance from Gates Foundation. And, yeah. Yeah, so he's not your friend, no one's your friend. You got to be your own friend. You got to be your own. He's like, he's like less bad. That's, you know, on paper, on paper, he's less bad. But in actuality, he dropped more bombs in, in, in those countries. Because that always accelerates. That's, it constantly accelerates every, every time. People are, people, people will say uh, that he didn't start any new wars. So we should praise him for that. Well, that's an incredibly low bar. Yes. That is really low. But also, like, what does it really even out to? Like, what's the score at the end of the day if you don't start new wars, but you accelerate warfare in the places where you're already in conflict? Right. 
you know, like, I feel like it's kind of a meaningless metric. You don't start any new wars, but you end up killing more people where you're already at. Okay, I guess that's sort of a wash. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what happened there. But, like, um, back to the Obama thing, I wanted to also mention that. No, Cal Penn, you know, ignores all of the, the bloodshed and everything and just says, they fucked up the website for the Obamacare. <laughs> Which, by the way, it wasn't even Obamacare, but that's another fucking story. <laughs> nothing is ever what it seems in this town. In this dystopia. Uh, speaking of dystopia, so this conference had a lot of, informa- a lot of uh, misinformation talk, which they're doing a lot in these things where they, they want to crack down on speech and, and make sure right. that everybody agrees on the official narrative, which is funny because that changes. <laughs> so what we're going to listen to now, and I think I only have like two videos or whatever to play, but this is one of them, and it's propaganda, basically. So just to put this in perspective, this is from BitChute because it can't be on YouTube. <laughs> right. Because people got kicked off of YouTube, so they went to BitChute. Um, so this is called They Told You Don't Take the Vaccine. You've probably heard it before, but it's a compilation of clips from the mainstream media and elsewhere, and all of them telling us they don't trust Donald Trump, who was behind o- Operation Warp Speed, who's the reason we have the vaccines, allegedly, in the first place, yep. according to himself uh, <laughs> and many other people. But at first, don't take the vaccine. No, 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 no. Because this is their misinformation. We're just going to focus on their misinformation because they always want to focus on ours. We're going to, you know, put the mirror in front of them. Here we go. You're very skeptical American public about taking the vaccine, and they should be. We can't trust the president uh, and take his word and take a vaccine that might cause harm to us. If and when the vaccine comes. It's not likely to go through all the tests that needs to be and the trials that are needed to be done. Let's just say there's a vaccine that is approved and even distributed before the election. Would you get it? Well, I think that's going to be an issue for all of us. When we finally do, God willing, get a vaccine, who's going to take the shot? Who's going to take the shot? We will need to have access to the vaccine results so we can make our independent assessment to make sure that Donald Trump's uh, fingerprints are not on it. You can be the first one to say, put me, sign me up. They now say it's okay. Is the vaccine safe? Uh, Frankly, I'm not going to trust the federal government's opinion. Me neither. And I wouldn't recommend the New Yorkers based on the federal government's opinion. And the question of whether it's real when it's there, that requires enormous transparency. Would you trust that vaccine? There's very little that we can trust that comes out of Donald Trump's mouth. We cannot take for granted this process will be free of political influence. I don't trust the president, and I don't trust the FDA. Me neither. Donald Trump can't give answers, and the administration can't give answers to these questions. The American people should not have confidence. You're going to say to the American people now, here's a vaccine, it was new, it was done quickly, but trust this federal administration and their health administration that it's safe? I will say that I would not trust Donald Trump. Hey, how confident are you in the approval process of the FDA right now? How confident am I? Uh, I'm not that confident. Yes, I would be hesitant, but I'm going to ask a lot of questions. You're going to need someone other than this FDA and this CDC saying it's safe. You got to make all of it available to other experts across the nation. 
so they can look and see. So there's consensus this is a safe vaccine. Uh, what I'm worried about is that there's some sort of October surprise and that there is a pressure put on the decision makers here to announce the vaccine in October of 2020. We're going to put together our own group of doctors and medical experts to review the vaccine and the efficacy and the protocol. And if they say it's safe, then I'll go to the people of New York and I will say it's safe. But if Donald Trump tells us I should that we should take it, I'm not taking it. You heard him, guys. That's right. We're just following your instructions. Like, that's the most insane part. It's like they they plant the seed, and then when we, like, turn it into a plant, they're like, fuck you. No, you're you're the problem. You're a domestic terrorist and all this stuff. Which is, It really is like Orwellian groupthink. It really it's is. It's so open. It's just out in the open. Whatever they tell you to think... You don't have to question flip-flopping. It's okay to completely do a 180. You don't have to question it. You don't have to explain it. There doesn't even need to be an explanation. No. That's the, that's the thing that's so freaky to me about it. Yeah. And I've never agreed with Anthony Cuomo on anything, but I agree with him there. I'm like, yes. <gasps> if only you were telling the truth. <laughs> if only that was, you know the case like it's so funny how it depends on who's the president whether we trust the fda or the cdc that's so funny that's so silly to me because it's like it's always the same it's continuous government like agencies they're they're not really they're doing the same agenda every time like they don't ever change the agenda like agenda 2000 agenda 2030 as it was once called Agenda 21 or something like that. Like, that agenda is still in place. No matter who wins an election, it doesn't matter. Like, that agenda is going to happen no matter what. And we've seen the agenda that was prepared way, way, way before any of this, um, possibly in 2000, to be honest, of what's going on with the vaccines and everything and, and uh, domestic terrorism stuff and... And real ID, real ID is, is from fucking the Patriot Act. So. Oh, absolutely. So like I've t I've looked at that and I've, I've I've been looking at it lately and I'm like, I gotta get a passport at some point because I'll have no other choice at that at, you know in the future. So, um, but a passport would be better anyway. I feel like it's more solid. And it is a I good agree. alternative, I guess. But I wish they didn't have to put fees on every goddamn thing that you, so you can't go anywhere. Like that's once that started, like I feel like that's when a lot of this power given to the government was happening. Is once they put taxes on every goddamn thing, and renters were like, okay, fine, and you know, you you'd be buying something, sales tax, and you're like, okay, fine, it's part of life. But taxes aren't a part of life. That's another thing about the Libertarian Party that I also very much have common ground on is taxes taxation is theft it's not real money isn't real to begin with it's yep. dead but it's funny like like here in LA in California they're giving us a stimulus at some point in the future <laughs> um, they're giving me a debit card probably because I don't give my my direct uh, <laughs> payment information to the IRS anymore because right. I'm like um, I don't really think I want to do that anymore 
and also um, I'll, I'll get to I'll get to the other reason privately. But anyway, um, I think you can think about it and figure out the other reason that I might not want to do that. But anyway, um, so there it is based on the the tax system and and whether you file taxes. So only taxpayers get the relief. The inflation relief is what they call it. Ugh. Right, the inflation it's, creation. Yeah, they create, it's a controlled demolition of the economy is what I say. So it's like, That's they create the recession, <laughs> and then the problem reaction solution, then they provide the fake solution to it. Um, yeah, they, they're always doing that, and they never get in trouble, but like now people are finally starting to like see through it. Even like the mainstream media is like, wait a minute about this about certain comments made by the U.S. government in, in regards to inflation and how they're bullshitting them, the people. Um, so that's nice to see, at least in some of the con- conferences and stuff, the press briefings and whatnot. But anyway, so they're giving us like our money back from taxes, basically, is what I'm getting at. Like it's a rebate. So they're not right. only giving us new money, they're giving us our own money that they stole in the first place. And it's like, oh, sorry yeah. you stole this money, here you go enjoy trying to get groceries and gas and stuff <laughs> with yeah, $300. Yeah, like someone broke into your home and then gave some of your stuff back after they robbed you. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. And it's also uh, trying to, you know, get people incurring favor with the voters and trying to stay in power, which a lot of these people are trying to do in all of these positions. Um, then there's a lot of power plays with the LA City Council, which I'm sure you've heard <laughs> seen a lot about and read about but you know it's just crazy crazy political times I have no dog in the race in the midterms I don't give a fuck I want the mail to stop because <laughs> the mail is incessant it's like every day is some stupid prop that they're telling me about and I'm like I don't care you're not gonna use my money for anything good anyway why do I care you were supposed to use my money for H the proposition H uh, right. or measure H or whatever it was for the homeless situation, which is exacerbated during the pan- pandemic and the lockdowns and, and the evictions that totally happened, even though they weren't supposed to. But there were evictions, definitely, um, during that eviction moratorium. And also, keep in mind, the eviction moratorium is up, which means interest, baby. So that's where they get you. They don't get it all at once, but they get it, they get it eventually. They get all of the money eventually. And that's why I never fuck with interest accruing shit other than the student loan, which you had no fucking control over. But right. anyway, that's just what I wanted to say about that. If we move on to their propaganda from the media, this is from David Klepper from AP, good old AP, which once worked with the Nazis, um, so that's fun. Uh, I mean, everybody worked with the Nazis, it's fine. Back then it was fine, now not so much. Now, it, now it's fine again, actually, <laughs> but in a different way, because now it's like the media is, not just the media, the military and the US government and the world government on a whole, pretty much, is all in league with Nazis now. And they're the good Nazis, because they're against the other people that they don't like. Just like the Taliban were the good Taliban when they were helping against Russia back in the day, before they became the Mujahideen, or before people knew about the Mujahideen and and their actual motives. 
And I'm sure that most people aren't even familiar with that and how the United States government armed Osama bin Laden and, you know, all, everything that went down in the late 1970s. And, and CNN the, the with 80s. the interview in the cave that will never yeah. leave my mind <laughs> that I showed to my psych once. And he was like, wow, really? This happened? I'm like, yes. He's like literally threatening the U.S. government and the U.S. people of an attack in 1999 during an interview <laughs> with CNN. So they knew where the fuck he was. They just like yep. lost the address at some point, I guess, you know, what are you gonna do? So anyway, that's all connected to the COVID-19 pandemic too. Cause again, this is all connected to terrorism. We want people to be terrorists. If they're labeled terrorists, we can control the media and like what people see and the misinformation can be rooted out, which is actually not misinformation, but will be labeled as such, like it is on Twitter and Facebook and all these other platforms. YouTube, of course, which decides, you know, through fact checkers who are fact checked themselves. Don't worry, we fact check the fact checkers. Go fuck off. I can't. Right. <laughs> That's not good enough. And then Elon's going to do the same thing on Twitter because, like, they're all in the same fucking club. They're all doing the same shit. Same agenda. Ministry of Truth. It's just been uh, outsourced. Pretty much. They've just outsourced. Yep. And billionaires run the world. Trillionaires actually do, but we don't talk about them. Anywho. (laughs) Uh, This this, uh, article is called Viral Thoughts. Why COVID-19 conspiracy theories persist? Gee, I don't know, because the U.S. government told us all of this shit beforehand that I just went over. April 6, right. 2021. Maybe they have something to do with it, but we don't mention them. No, they're, that's not important. Um, so this is from Providence, Rhode Island. I'm just going to give you like a back, like a little bit of it, because it's one of those propaganda pieces that's like a, a, about a specific person. They like pinpoint somebody and then do their story and shit. One of those. One of my faves, you know, little facts, just anecdotes. So Daniel Roberts hasn't had a vaccination since he was six. No boosters, no tetanus shots. His parents taught him inoculations were dangerous. And when the coronavirus arrived, they called it a hoax. Yeah, I saw those people too, and I never believed them either. And I, you know, did my due diligence. And like normal people do when faced with information they're like huh I don't know but then they look into it and they're like yeah I'm I'm pretty sure this is real so a lot of people in the indie media realm do not believe it's a hoax but they keep acting like that's like a prevailing kind of theory from the populace like a whole bunch of people believe that it's a hoax so everything they say is bullshit but that's not what everybody believes that's a small right. segment of the conspiracy realists. The vaccine, they said, was the real threat. And it is a threat. I mean, we're going to get into it, but the vaccine is the main threat because it's continuing the scam. And the scam keeps getting bigger and bigger and involves more and more people. When at the beginning, remember, it was old people. Old people are going to die. We got to protect old people, right? We got to protect grandma and the nursing homes and everything. And then they fought that up in New York and elsewhere, including here. And then, and then it was like, okay, well now everybody's got to be protected because money, because <laughs> profits. We need profits. Right. For big pharma, for Moderna, 
Johnson & Johnson for a while, not so much now, but <laughs> they had to settle some lawsuits. They needed a little more uh, money to do that. So they let them stay in the race for a little while, and AstraZeneca in many countries, and also, you know, obviously Pfizer. Pfizer, which had one of the biggest fraud settlements of all time in Big Pharma. So that's what happened. They somehow rehabilitated Big Pharma, while at the same time, by the way, today, they say shit about Big Pharma. I'm sure you've heard Joe Biden saying his little speeches and stuff and being like, but we beat Big Pharma. No, you didn't. You beat off Big Pharma because you gave them yeah. all this money. You became Big Pharma. It's very confusing. It's especially confusing where if you look back at like maybe 2012 to 2014, you had a lot of people on the left who were just railing yes. against large pharmaceutical companies and genetically modified food and they seem to be very interested in the pursuit of like truth when it comes to health and then it just disappeared like I, it's it's shocking to me how rapidly it disappeared indeed well we're going to go down to the the very uh sort of end it's a very long article and not worth a lot of our time but this does have a part of it where it it puts, it makes a comparison that they always want to make. So you'll understand. Uh, shared distrust in American institutions has helped to unite several groups behind the banner of COVID-19 conspiracy theories. They include far-right groups upset about lockdowns and mask mandates, anti-vaccine activists, and adherents of QAnon. There's the word. Of course. Who believe course. Trump is waging a secret war against a powerful cabal of Satanists satanic cannibals that's not what they believe <laughs> they don't even yeah, know what they believe i don't believe. know how they ended it with satanic cannibals but that's um charming the, very it, ha halloween themed i guess well this is old but you know from right. 2021 but you know the satanic cannibal thing i guess they're referring to adrenochrome which is not technically cannibalism but you know can be construed right. as, as such Besides gaining insight into COVID-19 conspiracy theories, researchers are thinking about what works and what doesn't when it comes to talking to friends and families, family who have embraced baseless claims. And they are finding possible solutions to the broader problem of online misinformation. Yeah, I think it's censorship, right? I can guess. <laughs> that was a part of Event 201, by the way, just a reminder to everyone listening. That that segment four of Event 201 is where they mention, you know, going after these platforms and spreading information from trusted news sources and trusted government sources and stuff and making sure that nobody's spreading misinformation. But like, I don't know, that it leaked from a lab. <laughs> like, you know, just George Gao saying it could have leaked from a lab. The Chinese CDC director at the time and it... Uh, fucking WEF and Gates Foundation produced event to a one tabletop exercise about a novel coronavirus in 2019, October 18, 2019, in New York, which ended up being the epicenter. No, 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 that's, I'm crazy, right? You know, right, reading right. into that at all, like... Anyway. I watched a little bit about it recently on the on the Fauci documentary. It was very interesting to just see them right out in the open discussing it. 
Oh yeah, and I love again when they one of them. I always forget which one it is. One of the dudes says, you know, at least we didn't kill the same. We didn't kill as many people in this one because they killed like a hundred million people or something, and in the last one in Clay X, and then they were like, phew, we only killed sixty-five million this time, and then everybody laughed because it's such a funny joke that they can't do their job even in theory, which they don't want to anyway. They keep doing these. They're for a purpose. I don't know what else it would be, but anyway. Facebook, Twitter, and other platforms have long faced criticism, there they go, for allowing misinformation to flourish. They have acted more aggressively on COVID-19 misinformation, which is not at all connected to Event 201, suggesting the platforms could do more to rein in misinformation about other topics, such as climate change, because that's the next thing Cook said. So yeah, they're already at this point in 2021 pointing at like climate change as the next frontier of going after misinformation. Even though a lot of the stuff that we hear about climate change is misinformation and is, is you know, revealed to be so later on um, as Corbett has gotten into extensively in the past. And so it just never ends, you know? Addressing our species' attraction to conspiracy theories might be more challenging. Research, teaching critical thinking, them talking about critical thinking is hilarious to me. Wow, you don't want critical thinking. <laughs> yeah, but no, they, there were news articles released um, basically condemning critical thinking and telling people not to do their own research. They literally at the beginning were like trusting science, trust science, trust science, but science changes. And now they're saying science changed, but they didn't say that then. They said trust the science. So so people trusted it and then it fucked up and it didn't end up being trustable. (laughs) And then they're like, oh, oops, my bad. You know, it changes, it's whatever. That's insane. So then it says, Addressing our, yeah, I already said that part. Uh, and media, media literacy in schools is essential, experts said. Again, these rare, random experts, we don't even know who they are. Uh, since the internet will only grow as a news source. In recent years, an idea called inoculation theory has great, gained prominence. It involves using online games or tutorials to train people to think more critically about information. One example, Cambridge University researchers created the online game Go Viral. Odd, odd name, <laughs> which teaches players by having them create their own misleading content. Studies show the games increase resistance to online misinformation, but like many vaccines, the effects are temporary. Oh, really? Oh, we're going to say that? <laughs> Funny. Leading researchers to wonder, as Cook said, this random dude, <laughs> how do you give the, them the booster shot? Someday these, well, apparently you just throw it in their face and be like, you know, take it. And then a lot of people just fall in line. And then a bunch of other people are like, nah, I'm good. And then they're like, well, we're giving it to children now. (laughs) What? Why? (laughs) I don't know, but we need to. Someday these games might be placed as advertisements before online videos or promoted with prizes. Yay. As a way to regularly vaccinate the public against misinformation. (laughs) Yikes. Yikes. It is interesting, right, how we have called, I guess, the industry academia out for redefining the term 
vaccine. Yeah. And here they are also using it to talk about inoculating people against misinformation. Like they're openly, they're redefining it. And then they're also redefining it, its context within like popular language, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like they're conditioning you to accept whatever their interpretation or, or version of this word is. Yep. It's pretty crazy. And then that reminds me of like all the propaganda from the WEF, WBF, in terms of like classroom, you know, videos and stuff. And like, in what is it called? Like um, online, you know, learning, whatever it's called. It's, it has a name. But like, yep. you know, they're out of school. So we have to give them these propaganda videos and about what the future is going to be like and stuff. It's just fucking creepy what you know what they were prepared for it's funny like they were just prepared for everything it's so weird and that's not at all that it was predictive programming at all like it's it's not something we should look into and be mindful of we should think critically but not too critically um then there's this fucking piece of fucking propaganda which i found from august 2021 again we're going back because this has been a long time that we've been getting this misinformation from them. So this is from MSNBC, good old MSNBC. And it's called, These COVID-19 Conspiracy Theories Can Kill You. <sighs> Experts warn. Wow. No, the drugs don't kill you. No. Wow. The theories do. The no, this theory is can wild. Kill you. This is wild. I, that's why I said they can kill you in the links. Okay, so here we go. After you go. Ari Melber. Good Go through the range of vaccine objections on speed, safety, equity. Eventually, you run into people who oppose vaccines based on completely false. This is kind of long, but we'll. And this predates COVID or this Trump era. One in five people who are dubious about the COVID vaccine say it's not the COVID vaccine. It's not just this vaccine. They don't trust vaccines in general. And so called anti vaxxers draw heavily on a man now known as a doctor who fooled the world, who put out material falsely linking an MMR vaccine with autism, a so-called study that has been withdrawn over falsified data. And apart from right-wingers undercutting vaccines today, which we'll get to, oh no. public vaccine skeptics include liberal icon Robert Kent. Stop. Eddie Jr. Okay. Hello? Sorry about that. Must have been my phone. My phone sucks sometimes. All good. Um, so we'll get through it. It makes it more awkward. Fun. Uh, so they're getting into Jenny McCarthy because she was the go-to girl to make fun of uh, as an anti-vaxxer. And so they're talking about the MMR vaccine. I don't know where we left off. but I, I always wondered what happened with Jenny McCarthy. Oh, she was at, well, via link, like a uh, video link at the, the Defeat the Mandates rally, which I went to to cover. And YouTube yeah. and all their infinite wisdom as I was posting videos from it, um, unlisted videos, mind you, they decided to strike me for uh, going against the community guidelines by doing so. And I'm like, what? But like, I appealed and was like, it was unlisted. Like, I literally was going to use it in a Rumble rumble, vid- rumble video or something yeah. and, and talk about it there. Um, not Rumble, it was somewhere else. Um, but I was going to talk about it on my podcast, I think. And, and share little clips or whatever. And they didn't let me post it there. They just they gave me two strikes for medical misinformation. Even unlisted. 
And one of them was literally the one that got probably the most flack was the one with survivors of the vaccine, like injured people, vaccine injured people telling their stories. So that's not allowed. We're not allowed to hear their stories and to, to see a journalistic piece of information at a rally that was, you know, pretty prominent, like in L- like people were talking about it and covering it a lot, but it was persona non grata, like people. Robert Malone's speech got me in trouble too. And I don't even agree with a lot of him. I don't, I think he's DOD kind of plant. Well, you know, I've looked into his CV and everything, but the fact that like that got me kicked off, I was not kicked off, but like reprimanded or whatever for six right. months or whatever it is. I was just pissed. I was just like, really? I can't even unlist a video? Like, I wasn't, it wasn't private. It wasn't public. It was literally unlisted. Nobody could find it. And I was just like, are you fucking kidding me, YouTube? So that was one of those instances where I was just like, fuck. Like, it's come to me now. Like, they're noticing my little channel. Like, that's when you know it's like everybody's going to be affected, no matter how big or small they are. Yep. So, all right, the anti-vax movement or whatever. It has been withdrawn over falsified data. And apart from right-wingers undercutting vaccines today, which we'll get to, public vaccine skeptics include liberal icon Robert Kennedy Jr. and so-called Hollywood liberals. And these conspiracy theories have consequences apart from COVID. They didn't even say her name. I love that. They didn't say her name. They said certain Hollywood liberals. And then she showed her face on the, the screen. Right. They can't even say her name. Like, I love when people can't even say what they're talking about. They, like, have to be vague about it. Like, trigger warning. <laughs> like, in a news yeah. thing. Like, it's, it's, like, a cowardly way to go about things. Yeah. It was finally eliminated from the U.S. As for COVID specifically, bad mouth the vaccine <laughs> has become a larger talking point on the right, especially after Joe Biden took over. But... I feel like a vaccination, in, in a weird way, is just generally kind of going against nature. The Cleveland Clinic said that if you had COVID-19, you don't need any vaccine. Since COVID, Bill Gates has gained extraordinary powers over what you can and cannot do to your own body. Bill Gates would like you to take the coronavirus vaccine. It's actually ranged from ignorant misinformation <laughs> to picking up on pretty ancient themes that medical breakthroughs, which make you safer, are actually some dangerous elite plot. Tucker no. there flirting with viral lies about Bill Gates, that he would be using the vaccine to spy on people. These things are so dumb and stale and uncreative, they were mocked all the way back in the 1950s by classics like the film Dr. Strangelove, which parried a general worrying about sinister medical attacks on Americans' bodily fluids. That pissed me off a little bit, because I've seen Dr. Strangelove very recently. That's not really what they were, like, against. Right. It was communism. Like, the communist yep. threat, which is also something we're dealing with today, with the McCarthyism of today, and the kill lists for the Ukraine, um, the anti-Nazi, yeah. um, you know, segment that's not totally gung-ho about arming them in Ukraine, so... Yeah, that, that one hits close to home. There are people I know who are on that kill list. I can imagine, yeah, that's pretty fucking insane and that website that I've like looked into and, and shown on on a lucky show the fearless and the authentic show uh, is is gnarly that it's even up like that 
it's allowed to exist, this hateful, full of hate speech, full of threats against people based on their ideology, you know, kill list shit, like, people dead, just dead people on the page, it's insane. I forgot the name of it, but like, it's a group of people that have put people on the kill list and everything, and that's where I found that information. But the fact that, that that's all on the internet, no problem. <laughs> like, that should tell you something. Like, they don't really care about violence. It's the right violence that, they, that they'll let Correct. bleed Correct. into. Correct. It's got to be state-sanctioned violence. Mm-hmm. That too. I can no longer sit back and allow communist infiltration, communist indoctrination, communist subversion, and the international communist conspiracy to sap and impurify all of our precious bodily fluids. Our bodily fluids. The idea is this is dumb, and that's why it was a punchline. And fact-checking these kind of lies is straightforward. There's nothing unnatural or unsafe about the COVID vaccine. No. Gates did not control its development or insert any microchips. I actually oh, he didn't have anything to do with funding any of the companies. Like, there's not a total like list of grants on Gates Foundation's website that shows that that's true. That never happened. That's all in our heads. Don't believe what you're seeing. Don't believe what you've heard. Just believe what we say. That's what he's saying. That's the misinformation that I'm talking about. It's like, they say this shit to your face as if it's true, and it's not. And they know it's not true, because I'm sure he knows everything about Bill Gates. He's not a fucking moron. He is somewhat a journalist. Yeah, no, it's it's that that classic Soviet um, technique that Alexander Solzhenitsyn describes, which is they lying, they're lying, you know they're lying. They know that you know they're lying, Mm -hmm. but they're still lying. Yeah. It's just... Everyone acknowledges it's a lie, and then we just continue forward, going along with a lie. It's really disturbing. It is. All right. Next. B, we do know where some of the conspiracy theory came from. Gates Reality. actually predicted something that's begun to happen. Governments he predicted it. Vaccine passports <laughs> or Kill paperwork me. <laughs> to prove that people are vaccinated for safety. Now, Gates said before there was a vaccine for COVID that people may use digital certificates to show testing or vaccination this was in a discussion mm. online at reddit which was deliberately turned into a lie by activists with a totally different agenda who later admitted they twisted that quote pushing the gates conspiracy as a quote biohack into the mainstream to which i say whatever now while many websites are interesting places to connect and chat or find entertainment and music memes let's be clear they have proven to be a very dangerous substitute for factual information or for visiting your doctor. Indeed, for all the criticism of Fox News, and we've done some of that, studies now show people who rely on Facebook for their COVID information are even less likely to get vaccinated than Americans in general or than people who rely on Fox News for their COVID information. That's part of why President Biden accused Facebook of effectively killing people and the White House has been putting more heat on internet companies to address misinformation that goes viral which makes them money now here's the thing about disinformation and why if you're watching this 
You can use some of this when you talk to people because we're all in this together. We're all in this together. Remember how they were saying that all the time? All of us. <laughs> you're, you're against us, but we're all in this together. Yeah, severe winter of illness and death yeah. all together. Exactly. They want to kill it us all together. the same way fraud works. People can pay top dollar for a fake Rolex because they think it's a Rolex. If they find out it's not, it's really truly not a Rolex, well, then they treat it like the Fugazi junk that it is. And that's as true with a fake Rolex, uh, a Fugazi, as it is with fake disinformation that can actually get you killed. Or fake vaccines. It's called Fugazi. You know what Fugazi is? You can't even say Fugazi. it right. It's a fake. Yeah, Fugazi, Fugazi, it's a wazi, it's a woozy, it's a fairy dust. It doesn't exist. It's never landed. It is no matter. It's not on the elemental chart. It, it's not real. Right? All right? All right. Stay with me. Mm-hmm. We don't create. We don't build anything. No. No, they don't. Wow, build. I love the cherry picking of scenes from movies. That really sells the point and brings it home. But fun fact about the Wolf of Wall Street: it was actually built on fraud. The making of the film was a fraudulent act in of its in and of itself. Uh, uh, involved with One MDB, the scandal that nobody, pretty much in the indie media, covered except me. So, <laughs> I've done some extensive coverage on it. Not the trial as much, but there was a trial with the Prime Minister of Malaysia who was sentenced to, I think it was 27 years, but I can't remember, uh, for fraud, uh, using the funds. And then also he had his stepson that was involved in the company, Red Granite, which ended up making the Wolf of Wall Street and using all the funds from the people of Malaysia <laughs> that was... Um, fraudulently acquired and also fun fact um john joe low jump i forgot his name joe low i think um anyway he's on the run still has not been captured as far as i know was in china last time i checked and he was the one who would get in with all the celebrities including leo dicaprio and and make all these connections and and use the money and he would just he, there's a whole book about it, Billion Dollar Whale, which I recommend from Wall Street Journal authors. I can't remember their names, but it was very intriguing. Um, and it involves the Department of Justice in the U.S., Australia, many different countries. I can't remember all of them. Twelve different countries, I think. Um, and so, yeah, I recommend looking that up if you want to know more about movie history. And the fact that... <laughs> that the whole movie about fraud was made fraudulently. I just will never, I will just yeah, always like, be like, wow. <laughs> that's it's like, ironic. Um, uh, it's like a fractalization of itself or like a little Easter egg. Yeah. goodies. It's really interesting. I don't think Martin knew Marty Scorsese because he just wanted money and they had a hundred million dollars. And he's sure. like, all right, well, we can do whatever we want. Yeah, but why can't you do whatever you want? There's a reason that you're able to do exactly what you want in this movie, and it turns out it was not a great reason. And also Obama's involved. Like, there was money given to his campaign from um, the guy from the Fugees, Wyclef Jean. So there's, like, a whole bunch of people involved. It's pretty crazy. Here we go. So funny using that Those are just two lying brokers commiserating about selling made-up Fugazi products to suckers who didn't know any better. And those kind of people are much more culpable than their informational fraud victims. Yeah, the billionaires. Just as the people pushing Fugazi disinformation about COVID are more culpable 
and the people who get fooled by it, who get hurt by it, who might die from it. Everybody's going to die. You might want to have empathy for those people because right now we really need facts so people can make their own decisions based on truth, not lies. And I think we need empathy so people can converse about this without demeaning our fellow citizens who may be like hesitant for any range of reasons. Oh, okay. <laughs> the way out is through this together. And we do keep hearing from people who've learned more and changed some of their minds along the way, like those people from vaccine-hesitant families. We heard from them Mostly recently, black families, by the way. I'm two looking at two black women. Yes. One a daughter and yes. another a brother who were not, not vaccinated. You know, so, after talk about all this that. tonight, <laughs> looking at the valid and less than valid objections and thinking about avoiding the Fugazi plots online and on Facebook that want to confuse you so you don't make good decisions. Well, after all that on this tough topic, these individuals I mentioned get the last word. That's the most selfish thing that you can do. Right. If you say you love yourself, get the vaccine. Yep. Do it for yourself, do it for your family, do it for yep. your community. Do it for others. Do it for your children, do it for your neighbors. If you do not care about your own life, think about the future of the world. Think about the children. They deserve a fair chance of a life. This is who we are. I love how it ends on this is who we are. Yes, it is. <laughs> this is who you are. Um, fun fact, a year ago, he put in the comments, what myths have you heard about the coronavirus vaccine? If I were to answer that, I would be like, that they work. <laughs> <laughs> that they work, right. <laughs> That's the biggest myth, that they don't cause myocarditis. Correct, yes. And um, and it's funny, like, the again, the black the elephant in the room about the black subjects of the Tuskegee experiment and everything and how that influences anti-vaccine views and the fact that vaccine mandates in and of themselves is legalized segregation and they don't ever talk about that. They don't want you to think about the fact that it's mostly black and Latino people who are affected by those. So make of that whatever you will. I mean, the city of L.A. had, I believe, 60% of the black population was unvaccinated at the time they tried to roll out their mandates. Yeah. And you t they talk about the racist shit that they say, uh, you know, in, in private, in their discussion. Um, but it's like, all these people fucking voted for the mandate who yep. were talking. <laughs> it's like... I already knew they were racist. I didn't need this conversation. Their actions spoke louder than their words for me. And I pointed out how fucking horrible Nitya Raman was, who is my representative technically, who is who's in my district, who I voted for. That was the last fucking person I voted for. It was a major mistake because I felt like I was betrayed, which was like, are you surprised? One, she didn't do anything about the homelessness. Two, which she said she was going to do. She ran on that. And then two, she was racist as fuck and agreed with Nuri Martinez, who, as it turns out, is racist. And, totally. And not just anti-black. Let's not couch it in anti-blackness. Racism comes in all people. Like, anyone can be racist. Latinos can be racist, let's just say. Um, especially, you know, against black people. And there's, like... Asians who are racist against black people, black people are racist against Asians, all of that kind of stuff. And black people can be racist against white people, it's totally true. 
totally valid. All kinds of racism exists. Prejudice, if you want to get more, you know, nuanced or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that does exist. And so when she heralded those the vaccine mandate that started in November 2021, I wanted to punch her in the face so bad. I was like, you fucking asshole. <laughs> oh, you agree with her. Great. Thanks. I'm glad you found some common ground. Thanks. Against us. And I just noticed everything went to shit here. And it wasn't too long, just a few months until they were like, fuck it, never mind. We can't do this anymore. And I was a part of that. It's interesting how that went down, right? Yeah. So the L.A. County Libertarian Party filed an initiative to overturn the mandate. And it had huge, broad support. So... What we did was as soon as they announced they, w- they were going to do the mandate, we got on city council meeting public comment three times a week. And we would line all of our guys up, and you only have one minute, right? So we write down and practice what we're going to say. And we get on the phone, and when it's, when it's our turn, you've got one minute, and you just say, Hi, my name is Angela, whatever your name is. I'm with the Libertarian Party of Los Angeles County. We oppose vaccine mandates because we think they're a gross violation of your constitutional and your natural rights to bodily autonomy. If you want to work with us, uh, we would love to have you regardless of your political affiliation. This is for everyone. Contact us here and we'd leave our contact information and we would have three or four people each meeting say that. Every time we'd get 30 on average, uh, interactions have, I have my phone would ring 30 times. I would get emails and you know, tremendous amount of support. So once the mandate actually went into effect, we rolled out our initiative, started collecting signatures and there was a media frenzy about it for about a solid week. And then within about six weeks, I had a call from someone who worked at city hall who said that they were going to scrap it because they were afraid it was going to go to the ballot and that they would lose. Pretty fascinating. I believe that. Yeah, they knew that it was a very contentious subject Mm -hmm. after, you know, we made a big stink about it. And I've been to a couple of protests about it as well. And, you know, I made a public comment on their website. I guess I should probably share that too. Um, I could probably find it on my computer real quick. Uh, where did I put it though? I don't know where I put it. Is it in articles? Nope. (laughs) Anyway, it was basically saying, take it off the table. Like, this isn't enough. It's great that you're thinking of doing that, but you need to make it so that this never happens again. We don't ever want to have this happen again. Yep. Here it is. I found it. Okay. This might sound weird on the... No, I, I think I'm far enough away that I won't hear the clicking. But anyway, it's L. I just put my name. <laughs> and this was March 30th, 2022, 11.06 a.m. Because they wouldn't let me on the phone. So I was like, let me make a public comment on the website. So this is my public comment on that day when they got rid of the, ma- the vaccine mandate. But they left it on the table. I said, I'm glad you're considering doing away with the vaccine mandate in L.A., but the truth is, it should never have existed in the first place. And the first, and I mean, the fact that it ever did should embarrass everyone on this council and in this city. 
You enabled segregation and through the guise of public safety for over four months. This is not something that you can just come back from and bring up later when it suits you down the line. You must pay for the pain inflicted on the community you pretended to serve. These vaccines were proven not to stop transmission and the mandates were proven not to help in any way. You wasted so much time on these useless mandates, in, I mean measures, in order to control the public and what was gained. And you want to leave this opinion, this option on the table for future public health emergencies. I say enough and I am not alone. Let us make our own decisions about our health and leave us alone for good. You have nearly destroyed this city and we can't, we won't let you do it again. I'm sorry, I'm like trying to look back and forth. <laughs> okay, in yeah. the mandates for good while you're at it, in the state of emergency, there isn't one. And they still haven't done that because they had it on the table. They had it on the agenda recently and they decided, no, we have to keep it going for the renters. So now they're using the excuse of the renters and the, the eviction moratorium and everything and like people, you know, being homeless and stuff. They're using that as a reason to continue the state of emergency because we've got to all be scared and all like, you know, in need of government assistance. Like that's what they want. They want us to want to need them and to be able to fuck us over in the future. Absolutely, couldn't agree more. And then this isn't just happening here, obviously. Like, there was a lot of shit going on across the world, and I brought this up. This is a tweet from October 11th, 2021, again, just using their own propaganda. This is from, what is this? New York Times. So I read this New York Times article from October 10th, 2021, that was about a mass vaccination kind of experiment in Brazil. So these are the parts I, I pointed out as really alarming. Most received the vaccine offered by Pfizer, and this week the drug maker said that presented, that presented an opportunity. They love their opportunities. Pfizer announced that it would fully vaccinate everyone in the city over the age of 12 so it can carry out a study of the safety and effectiveness of the vaccine. The company will work with local health officials, a hospital, a university, and Brazil's national vaccination program to monitor the transmission of the coronavirus in a real-life scenario after the whole population gets the... Uh, oh, here it goes. Get rid of that. After the whole population has been vaccinated with the Pfizer BioNTech serum, which is what it should be called because it's not a vaccine, the, studi the study will follow participants for up to one year to investigate how long vaccine protection lasts against COVID-19 and new var virus variants. The study comes after the experimental inoculation of almost every adult in the southeastern Brazilian town of Serrana. That experiment was believed to be the first mass trial of its kind in which an entire town was vaccinated against the coronavirus before the rest of the country. So I just was like, huh, that's interesting. <laughs> that's alarming. That's strange. But that was happening probably in other areas too throughout the world yeah. where they're just pretending to, you know, do these safety trials, but not really. <laughs> 
just so that they can be like, yeah, well, we tried it here and it worked, and so, you know, put it over here, put it over there. And this is un uh, under uh, Bolsonaro, so that's the guy who was in charge at that time. I'm sure he had no control over the situation. He's not a people of the left at all, so we should trust him. <laughs> right. Trust someone, right? <laughs> Then I got this oldie that was from a month later when they were doing the children safety trial, uh, or they were this, they were giving us information about the authorization of the Pfizer vaccine for children, and I read it. I actually read it, and I watched the whole thing, and I put it in here, this whole brief press briefing from the White House, um, which I also put in this thread. But this is my tweet. This is a live real-world clinical trial, Pfizer didn't even have 2,000 children in the safety study pre-authorization. No long-term study on the vaccine until after it's administered. This is insane. And if you point yeah. this out, you're fucking crazy conspiracy theorists. I know. Like, or they'll try to call you a hypocrite if you're a libertarian. They'll be like, well, I thought you guys wanted to abolish the FDA. Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean that we think people should just be given experimental drugs and lied to about it. Just because we don't like the government doesn't mean that we want people poisoned and lied to. Like, that's that's an absurd conclusion to draw. It's funny because this was in a, a quote tweet, and I have no idea what they deleted, but they deleted their tweet, whoever I was quote tweeting. So they must have ended up being like, oh, shit. <laughs> but I don't know. But at least my information is still there. And I always, when I put screenshots, I always put the fucking link to the article so that I can right. be like, there, or the document, there's a document, leave me the fuck alone, I'm saying, I'm coming to my own conclusion about reading this document, it's fucked up, and that's what it is. And this was for 5 to 12 year old children, and it was approximately 1,500 of them. That's not enough, that's not a big sample size for this kind of study. For something so important, they care about children so much, they don't want oh, children yeah. to die, they love children. Yeah, but you've only put 1,500 in here, probably because a lot of people didn't want to do it. Right, <laughs> And right. put their it's child very, at risk. <laughs> it's difficult. It's like a really challenging thing, like, when it comes to pharmaceutical studies in children. Cause, uh, you know, parents, I guess parents consent on behalf of the child, but it's like ultimately, like, children, I just don't think children can give informed consent. And now they're changing it to where, like, or they want to change it to where they don't have to have parental consent. Right. And that they can do whatever the fuck they want. If they want to be a a, a, a boy and they're a girl, yeah. they can be a boy. If they want it's to be a girl and they're right? a boy, they can be a, a girl. Like You're seeing both happen at the same time, right? So and that's remove, on purpose, yeah. Let's remove medical consent with vaccinations at the same time we're removing medical consent for gender transition we're just going to completely normalize it and then it's a fascinating paradox too right because at the same time you see young adults infantilized and treated like children and like they're too stupid to make their own decisions about student loans or guns or cigarettes so you can get injected with experimental drugs um dramatically alter your body you, you know cut off your or just essentially destroy your reproductive organs when you're under the age of 16 but heaven forbid you try to make an adult choice when you're 18 to 22 it's it's very weird 
yeah. how that's playing out. I feel like it's really too, like, it's like they want the government to take the place of your parents. Yeah, nanny government, yeah. Yeah. And then they'll usher in the digital ID and biometrics data stuff. Like, I was just, like, looking, soft topic a little bit, but looking at, like, apps for a uh, fitness tracker kind of thing, like a Fitbit but not a Fitbit. But, you know, yeah. steps and that sort of thing. There are so many um, in the App Store on I, in I, in, on Apple or whatever. And I'm just, like, looking at all these ones. And they say right there, oh, it just rained. That's funny. I didn't think it would rain today. <laughs> That's weird. But um, I just noticed. Uh, anyway, we didn't hear any of it, but it did happen. So I have remnants of it. But anyway... Um, so I was looking at the permissions or whatever, which is what I normally would go to and be like, privacy, let's see what this says. And they sell the data on all these apps, like linked to you, personal identification, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever. And some of them would be like, not, you know, personally identifiable information. I'm like, well, that's somewhat better. <laughs> but you know, they would, they would say all these things in the privacy and then someone would be like, it's just on your device. It's not going to be sold elsewhere, but we have third parties sometimes, you know, and they need information, but they get location information and stuff. I'm like, I'm not going to give you any location information. So you don't have to worry about that. Cause I don't even have it on. <laughs> I didn't even turn it on when I got it at all. Um, it's never been enabled, so I assume it's it's fine because last time, who knows? But the latest phone that I got, I was just like, "Fuck that! I'm not gonna have any permission for anything. I'm not doing anything privacy, you know." Cons- what is the word? Like uh, depriving or whatever, but like something that's gonna deprive me of my privacy in some way, in in some app. And I got rid of Duolingo because they got on my nerves and everything. So it is, you know, it's hard. But, like, I just looked into that and I was like, damn, there's, like, no choice that's, like, super good. And even the privacy one, like, that says privacy is not actually private, which is funny. But that's just one of those things. It's like they've they've taken over the health data and everything and they want it to be given to the government. Like yesterday I was looking at like international travel because I was thinking about the future and if I wanted to go to Cardiff, Wales someday, and I do, and like figuring out how much it would cost, like the budget. And I looked at like the COVID-19 restrictions in all the countries and they're not really there anymore. But CDC had on their website that they have to, they, they put it out there. They already, they got caught. So they're like, hey, give us your personal information. You're going to give it to the airport and they're going to give it to us. That's how it works now. This is going to continue. I'm like, how long is this going to continue? Because like, you know, they put things out there and they're like temporary. We're going to do this temporarily and we're going to get rid of it eventually, phase it out. They don't ever do that. Security apparatuses, they don't do that. They didn't do that with... Um, Oh, what was I just thinking? Fuck. They don't ever do that. The taxes. Like, taxes were supposed to be temporary. <laughs> that was not true. Like, right. anytime they say temporary, you know they're bullshitting you. So, yeah, this is not a temporary move. a temporary government program. So, you're just going to be on a list. Don't worry about it. It's for your safety. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's a database, but it's fine. Don't worry about it. You know, we, we are protecting you. Trust the CDC that always tells the truth about everything, including monkeypox, which is totally not uh, a scam at all. 
just like this. So, <laughs> moving on. Uh, to lockdowns, like, um, lockdown was crazy. And that fucked a lot of people over. What I was realizing after the lockdowns ended and everything was like, this was on purpose. Obviously, it's controlled demolition of the economy. It's all connected. So that was the first step to getting us vaccine mandates and getting those in place. Because if you didn't have them desperate to open and they would do anything to open their doors, including sacrificing a lot of privacy and, and you know, goodwill with the public, that wouldn't have worked. They could not have gotten the vaccine mandates without the lockdowns. Lockdowns were instrumental. They were so important. And then they can be like, oh, well, we fucked up with the lockdowns. Oops, our bad. <laughs> Turns out those were really unhealthy for everybody and that got people sick too. So it's two different things. It's ushering in the vaccine mandates, which people are gonna wanna do after they get sick when they come outside after the, man after the lockdowns end. I've figured this out. Uh, and then uh, fucking over the businesses and everything and making it so that they have no choice but to comply. And if they don't, they lose their business and that fucks up their world. So at the same time, you're getting people sick, continuing the pandemic, continuing the sickness so that you can continue to offer the product as a solution, which is not a solution, which is also gonna continue the scam and continue the disease. So that's what happened. <laughs> that's a summary, pretty much, of what happened with that. That's a pretty good summary. Yeah. I'm not just a hat rack, my friend. Yeah. I do use it for thinking. Um, so then there's this study that I was made aware of from Ricky Rance, who's really cool. And he was on a show at one point. I forgot which show. But I was watching it. I think it was Franco. I can't remember. But it was a long time ago. And he mentioned a study. And I looked it up. And I found it. And it's in in China. <clears throat> so this is from published uh, December 1st, 2020, in the BMJ, which is now like persona non grata <laughs> in the science industry because they rejected a lot of misinformation and, and were labeled misinformation themselves in a lot of ways. Uh, but it was COVID-19 asymptomatic cases may not be infectious, Wuhan study indicates. And not only was this in Wuhan, but this had 10 million residents in the study. So you can't like say like, oh, this isn't a very extensive study. There's not a big enough sample size. No, it, 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 they identified 300 asymptomatic cases of COVID-19, none of which was infectious. A mass screening program of more than 10 million residents. So more than that. That's pretty large. That's pretty large. Uh, the asymptomatic positive rate was lowest in participants under age 17 and highest in those over 60. Further swab testing of 1,174 close contacts of the 300 asymptomatic positive cases were all negative. The study population included 34,424 people with a history of COVID-19, 107 of whom have been reinfected. So that was the gist of it. The finding is not genetically applicable. So this is not connected to like the, the doctors that we can't talk about and everything. Like this is just a regular study that happened. And so that's interesting that they were always talking about like asymptomatic cases, we gotta worry about it and everybody wear a mask and blah, blah, blah. But it didn't really matter. It wasn't really that big of an issue. So then there's the, the whole thing about natural immunity that we're not supposed to talk about. 
We're supposed to get immunity insane. with the vaccine and not with our bodies and not with the natural ways that we have of gaining that. And that's all like conspiracy theory now too. It's like, you can't even save a natural immunity in some places, I'm sure. Um, it's just bizarre because, I mean, are we supposed to pretend that humanity just didn't exist for thousands of years Yeah. prior to pharmaceuticals coming? I mean, even just from a historical perspective, why can't we just talk about how humanity managed to get along for a long time without drugs? This just seems like really basic. Yeah. Well, this is from science. I don't know. I, sh- I think I should trust the science, you know? Science.org, this article. Having SARS-CoV-2 once confers, once confers much greater immunity than a vaccine, but vaccination remains vital. They got to put that at the end, of course. Like, got to keep on track. This is from August 2021. Again, 2021 propaganda. August 26th. Israelis who had an infection were more protected against the Delta coronavirus variant than those who had an already highly effective COVID-19 vaccine. And you know what? When this came out, they're like, okay, we need another variant. (laughs) And then all of a sudden, Omicron. (laughs) Yeah, Omicron. And then I had this whole tweet about Omicron, the movie, which was insane, which they took off YouTube, but it was for copyright reasons, sure. (laughs) And so I wasn't able to find it that way again. But I did put a clip on my timeline for a long time, and it kind of blew up a little bit, and people started to look at it. And it's literally, like, how this shit goes. Like, the movie is, like, anti-dystopia, and anti-billionaires like running shit and it's in it's italy it's it's from 1970 something and it's in black and white it's very you know artsy art housey kind of thing it's an alien comes to earth and is like who should we fuck with and they're like oh we have two tiers of people like the people in charge and then the people that they are in charge of but we can't get rid of either one of them because they're too essential like you know they they serve a purpose so if they don't have someone to step on (laughs) then they can't make their wealth and then the other people need to rely on them to make their lives valuable or whatever like that's you know basically like a uh plot consensus like a plot uh, summary of it but it it was kind of that part that I put in um, on Twitter where I was showing the scene of them showing the cycle of abuse <laughs> and I was like yay it's just like here that's funny that it's Omicron variant and it's like literally what they're doing so they have to have two segments of, of society to go against each other and always be you know parasitic to one another like relying on the other so, Absolutely. yeah, so this study was uh, in 2021, so that was before, and it was also in, uh, it was not peer-reviewed, so people could be like, oh, it's not peer-reviewed or whatever. But then, when you have a peer-reviewed article sometimes, and you show it to the, you know, to the public and whatever, and then you're like, okay, this is peer-reviewed, you can't say anything now. <laughs> but they're like, no, it's the wrong people or whatever, like, because... They're not the right peers. Or if it's the mainstream media, they can have however many fucking preprints they want to to get their narrative out. And I, I, I pointed it out on Twitter once. And they were like, 
oh, you just want something to complain about. I'm like, dude, this is what they do to us. I'm just doing what they do to me. I'm saying that it's not peer-reviewed, and it's not. So it's not worth my time. But anyway, you know, they cherry-pick things. That's what they do. And then, you know, the boosters came out. We were telling people forever, weren't we? Like, boosters are going to happen. Top-ups are going to happen in the UK, whatever. Like, it's going to happen. Watch it. You're going to have, like, four. And then people were like, no, no, that's not true. That'll never happen. You're just a conspiracy theorist. Cut to. There's, like, four now. (laughs) There's almost five. I think there's five, actually. It's hard to keep up. But there's, like, five fucking vaccines now it's like the primary series which doesn't do shit apparently and then the next one which also doesn't really do anything but give you myocarditis allegedly and then the the fourth one and then there will be a fifth one at some point i think i think they were working on one but anyway they want to do it like semi-annually or whatever like they said they weren't going to do that in the beginning they lied they've lied this entire time and the WHO themselves said, this is from two, two minutes uh, of an article, so it's pretty short. January 19, 2022. So this is pretty recently. This was nine months ago. They said, WHO says no evidence healthy children, adolescents, need COVID-19 boosters. There's also no evidence they need COVID-19 vaccines, but that's another story. It says there's no evidence at present that healthy children and adolescents need booster doses of COVID-19 vaccine. The World Health Organization's chief scientist, Sumya Swaminathan, said on Tuesday. Speaking at a news briefing, she said that while there seems to be some waning of vaccine immunity over time against the rapidly spreading Omicron ah, variant of the coronavirus, more research needs to be done to ascertain who needs booster doses. There is no evidence right now that healthy children or healthy adolescents need boosters. No evidence at all, she said. Israel has begun offering boosters to children as young as 12. That's when this was. And then Germany became the latest country to recommend that all children between ages of 12 and 17 receive a booster shot. Hungary also did so. And then they said the whose top group of experts would meet later this week to discuss the specific question of how countries should consider giving boosters to their populations. The aim is to protect the most vulnerable, to protect those at highest risk of severe disease and dying. Those are our elderly populations, immunocompromised people with underlying conditions, but also healthcare workers, she said. So, yeah, that happened. Then the FDA came out. Again, same shit. Uh, This is from September 15, 2021. This was before that. And we got a little video here. COVID-19, COVID vaccine efficacy numbers explained. I think I'll pass. Uh, FDA says COVID-19 vaccines remain effective without boosters. So this was when they didn't need to sell the boosters yet. And they're like, don't worry about it. Agency scientists express skepticism that an apparent diminished protection is rendering the vaccines less effective. This is from the Wall Street Journal. And unfortunately, because there's a paywall, I can't really read it on here, but I have put it in the links. And if you have a phone, you should be able to use reader mode to read it. So check that out when you want. And it's hard to find any archived version of it. I don't know why, but it is. And I found one and then I put a link there and then it got destroyed. (laughs) 
Like today, it did not work. So that's funny. Um, then the up-to-date up shots. Then it wasn't like, you're fully vaccinated. Oh, you're never going to be fully vaccinated. <laughs> then it's up-to-date, which we expected as well, <laughs> that they would continue to do this. And actually, there are five boosters for sure, because they have the new booster, which is from Pfizer and Moderna, I believe, which is, you know, Omicron variant, uh, I don't know, like tailored or whatever, tailored to tackle that or whatever, but it doesn't do anything. It's, it's interesting. Um, the boosters are almost, it's like a health tax, right? Yeah. Like you never, you, you never get to stop. You just keep doing it indefinitely, indefinitely. It's like you never... And now you're supposed to do it with the flu shot. So the flu yep. shot people, the people who don't do the flu shots are like, okay, <laughs> I'm not doing that. But the people who do, they're like, oh, I guess I got to get my booster at the same time. Like, no. It's just really interesting. Like, the one of them contains, maybe it's a, it might be the Johnson & Johnson one. You need to check it. It, it contains this thing called... HPCD, it's an abbreviation for some, you know, ridiculously long word, mm-hmm. and the EPA calls it, like, a toxic chemical that threatens the environment. That's nice. But you have to inject yourself with it over and over again. It's it's really like taxes, except, you know, worse, because it's directly injected into your body. I just, I just think it's fascinating, like, it's, it's like a government program. Another government program you could never escape, except the consequences just keep getting worse and worse. It's like the, the stakes are higher each time they roll something like this out. Yeah. Well, the next article is from good old Bloomberg Law, and it has our favorite, favorite person, Anthony Fauci, who is not um, at all guilty of any crimes against humanity at all. No, no he's a totally upstanding citizen uh, up-to-date shots encouraged over fully vaccinated Fauci January 4th 2022 3:35 p.m. updated January 5th 2022 10:22 a.m. Omicron makes boosters necessary for optimal protection CDC's yet to change definition on its website I don't know if it ever did I think it might have but I can't remember Federal health leaders are moving away from an emphasis on what constitutes being fully vaccinated against COVID-19 in favor of staying current with shots, like we're dogs and shit. We're using the terminology now, keeping your vaccinations up to date, rather than what fully vaccinated means, White House Chief Medical Advisor Anthony S. Fauci, who also has a web page, but let's not focus on that right now, said during a National Institutes of Health lecture Tuesday. Right now, optimal protection is with a third shot of an mRNA or a second shot of a J&J. So we don't have that anymore because it got taken off the market. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. The prevention is silent. The P in prevention is silent. I don't know why. But they never say the P, and I always... I always point that out, like CDC, the control is the most important part, not the prevention, apparently. Yeah, um, Yeah. so they show, show that right to you. <laughs> Call Tuesday for third shots of Pfizer-BioNTech COVID-19 vaccine to be administered within five months of the initial two-shot series. Shortening the time frame before a booster by a month, a CDC advisory panel is expected to recommend boosters for teenagers in a meeting Wednesday, we all know that happened. 
and then it gets into more detail on that. And on the, on the side, they have these other related articles, and one of them it says, CDC recommends Pfizer booster five months after initial shots, it's January 4th, that's the second part of this one. Third, bi Pfizer-BioNTech dose is key to fight Omicron spread, December 8th, 2021. Moderna's third dose boosts antibodies against Omicron, that's news to me, December 20th, 2021. Two doses of J&J's vaccine slashed Omicron hospital stays, December 30th, 2021, and mRNA vaccines will require three doses from start, Fauci predicts, September 22nd, 2021. Ugh. He's just such a great predictor. They predict so much good stuff. And then I also wanted to bring up uh, the pregnant women part, and I will never say pregnant people because if you can have a baby, you're a woman. I'm sorry. That's how that works. That's biology. Yep. I don't want to get into semantics. It's biology. Men cannot have babies. When they can, I'll start calling them people. <laughs> but for yeah. now, I'm to keep it women. Because yep. if you decide to have a baby, you're a woman. That is what it is. Either you forgo having a baby and you become a man. That's all up to you. I don't give a shit. I don't judge. And then you'll be a man. Cool, you're a man. I, I'll call you that. But if you can have a baby, you're a fucking woman. Shut up. Yep. Yep. If you if you're literally pregnant and giving birth, um, you, you have not. You're you're not a man. You maybe don't take it seriously. <laughs> yeah. Maybe you've altered your body in some other way, but you're definitely still a woman. Yes, biological woman. Anyway, the actual study on COVID-19 vaccines, this is from September 2021, so this is from a year ago, September 16, 2021. Again, me with my takes on Twitter. The actual study on COVID-19 vaccines and their effect on pregnant women is ongoing, so that's why there's no evidence yet. Why did they take this long to start a clinical trial? Why put women and babies at risk all this time? This was in um, a quote tweet of CDC's fact. <laughs> you should get vaccinated against COVID-19 if you're trying to get pregnant now or in the future. No evidence to date shows that any vaccines, including COVID-19 vaccines, can cause fertility problems in men or women. Yeah, but the addendum is what I said. There's not a fucking safety trial. There's nothing happening yeah. yet. You're fucking assholes. So you can bend the truth and be like, well, it's not, you know, we don't have to worry about that. Yeah, because it hasn't yeah, started. There's, there's no there's no warning yet because we haven't bothered to look into whether or not there should be. So this is the study that I referenced, and it's on clinicaltrials.gov. All of this stuff is, is in the links. Uh, SARS-CoV-2 vaccines administered during pregnancy or postpartum. And these are the parts I've, I've put into the tweet. Recruiting. Recruitment status, first posted September 2nd, 2021. Last update posted September 2nd, 2021. Emory University, I know it well, I'm from Atlanta. National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. So this is literally Fauci's uh, company, NIAID. Information provided by a responsible party. Blah, blah, blah. Um, wait, what did that say? I should say. Flor Munoz, Baylor College of Medicine. Um, estimated enrollment, 2,000 participants, observational model, cohort, time perspective, perspective, official title, observational perspective, cohort study of the immunogenicity and safety of SARS-CoV-2 
vaccines administered during pregnancy or postpartum, and evaluation of antibody transfer and durability in infants. Actual study start date, July 6, 2021. Estimated primary completion date, December 2022. So it still has not ended, just so you know. Estimated study completion date, July 2023. Wow. And they recommended that. There's more. Wow. But wait, there's more. Pfizer-BioNTech study ends in 2022 and has far less participants. So study to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and immunogenicity of SARS-CoV-2 RNA vaccine candidate BNT162B2 against COVID-19 in healthy pregnant women 18 years of age and older. It's interventional clinical trial, estimated enrollment, 700 participants, randomized, parallel assignment, triple masking, a phase two out of three, um, placebo-controlled, randomized, observer-blind study to evaluate the safety, tolerability, and immunogenicity of a SARS-CoV-2 RNA vaccine candidate against COVID-19 in healthy pregnant women, 18 years of age and older, official title, study start date, actual, uh, February 16, 2021, primary completion date, estimated, October 15, 2021, sorry, an estimated study completion date, October 15, 2022. So that one's over at least. So that one's ended. We'll see what happened there, I guess. I should do a follow-up at some point. But well, anyway. yeah, they never have to post the results of any of these studies. No. And in fact, the FDA rules are that, you know, you could, you could produce 800 studies that show that something is dangerous. But if you can get two or three results out of that that show that it's okay, that's good enough. It can go forward. It's really, really disturbing. Indeed. I had another thing, but I lost it. All right, I'll go on my computer. It'll be fun. All right, the last thing I have is in my mail, in my emails. So let me get that. Uh. It was important to, let's see. Oh, yes. Oh, my gosh. Then we cannot forget. We have to end on this. Um, is the connection between, okay, this is a conspiracy, but it's not a theory. It's the thing. And it's that Jeffrey Epstein was involved with Bill Gates, who was involved in the pandemic. Just coincidentally. Um, so there's that. That's fun to know. So I have a really great... I think, thread on that on Twitter from um, 2020. So going back to the beginning of the Corona apocalypse, which I called it at that time and the pandemic. <laughs> and that was April 23rd, 2020. Just quick reminder that not only does Bill Gates have no medical degree, this is for you, Bill Gates. And this right. is where I'm ending on the goalkeepers conference that I recommend you guys listen to if you haven't yet, the parts that I have in the links. So anyway, um, quick reminder that not only does Bill Gates have no medical degree, but he also funneled millions into Media Lab at MIT at the direction of Jeffrey Epstein and claimed they were friendly because Epstein knew a lot of rich people. (laughs) And I guess Bill doesn't. (laughs) 
this did not get enough likes <laughs> or love on Twitter, so I hope people see it and help me out there. Uh, more on Epstein and JetGate's connection from New York Times. There's a New York Times article about it. Uh, more on the MIT, Bill Gates, and Jeffrey Epstein connection. Here you'll see that Gates lied about not having any business relationship with him, had, and he'd, he'd flown on the infamous Lolita Express. Just like so many great people, great scientists of our day. So this is, um, Gates has been close with Epstein's other famous friends, including the scientist Steven Pinkner, Pinker, sorry. Um, and this is this part. Gates met Epstein, met with Epstein at least once in New York in 2013 and flew on one of his private planes to Palm Beach, according to flight records. This is from Business Insider which was really good about giving me information about them. And um, his spokespeople have not denied that the two met. It, as M CNBC reported, they did multiple times before his death, including at one point in New York in 2013 when Gates was still the chairman of Microsoft. Bill attended a meeting in New York with others focused on philanthropy. While Epstein was present, he never provided services of any type to Bill. The, the Gates spokesperson told Business Insider. Sources with direct knowledge told CNBC that Epstein's business associates aggressively pursued Gates in the lead up to the meeting on the sex offender's behalf, bombarding him with calls and contacts. The meeting apparently preceded a flight Gates took on one of Epstein's private planes to Palm Beach, Florida, where the financier was a registered sex offender. Gates is listed on the flight logs of, the, of Epstein's planes as having taken a trip from Teterboro Airport in New Jersey, where Epstein was arrested in July, to Palm Beach on March 1, 2013. In an interview with the Wall Street Journal, Gates denied donating through Epstein or traveling to Florida with him. I met him. I didn't have any business relationship or friendship with him. I didn't go to New Mexico or Florida or Palm Beach or any of that. There were people around him who were saying, hey, if you want to raise money for global health and get more philanthropy, he knows a lot of rich people. Every meeting where I was with him was were meetings with men. I was never at any parties or anything like that. He never donated any money or anything that I know about to anything that I know about. Bullshit. <laughs> you donated through him money. That's so wild. I feel like the Epstein thing, is, as horrific as it is, is is the one area where more mainstream blue pill people are willing to look a little bit more critically at it because it is so creepy, right? And there's so much evidence and it's just really been out in the news. So even if even if people aren't totally red-pilled by it, I feel like it is sort of like the gateway drug into getting totally red-pilled on all of this stuff because nobody likes international sex trafficking of children. No. At least, at least there's that. Yeah. <laughs> at least we could say that nobody likes that. There's more. Uh, here's the, the rest of it about Pinker. Um, the social scientist and psychologist Stephen Pinker has been pictured seated next to 
Epstein at a dinner before and joins a long list of influential scientists and researchers who had ties to the convicted sex offender. And again, we have to reiterate that he was a sex offender before they met. 2013, which is not when they first met, according to Whitney Whitney Webb, who knows a lot about Bill Gates and Jeffrey Epstein, if you want to look further. Yeah, she's great. Um, But they met in 2013, which was after his conviction, many years after, so that he knew what he would know. Come on, you got to do a background check on people before you work with them or collaborate with them or meet with them. Like, that's just, you know, you just do that. That's common courtesy. But anyway, um, Pinker also flew on Epstein's private plane that was nicknamed the Lolita Express since his accusers testified that they were sex trafficked on it. Pinker is Gates' favorite author, and the multi-billionaire helped propel of the scientist's writing to commercial success. I think they mean propel the, <laughs> but I always like to pick, uh, nitpick about typos and stuff on these things. Um, given that Epstein surrounded himself with people who were renowned for their intelligence along with their bank accounts and social standing, it's no surprise that he and Gates ran in the same circles. I love how they try to, like, <laughs> rehabilitate him at the end of the article. That's funny. Right. Or had meetings with each other in the room. You know, he's not paying our salary. Just leave, leave him alone. <laughs> Of course, at the times he encountered Gates, he was convicted. He was convicted pedophile. He was convicted pedophile. There's no A. So he was convicted pedophile. <laughs> but as the last few years of his life illustrated, that never stopped Epstein from living lavishly and wielding his power. Neither did the U.S. media, but okay. And influence. The emails obtained by the New Yorker suggest there may have been an even closer connection between the two than previously known. But we're not going to get into that here, because that's the end of the article. (laughs) That's so funny. I love reading how, like, they justify things, like, at the end. Like, they know know no one's going to read to the end. Well, normal people don't. (laughs) I do. But they're like, okay, I have to say this, because my editor makes me. (laughs) Let me say this part. All right, here we go. Addendum. And then, you know, that interview, that infamous interview that he did recently where he was asked about Epstein. He was like, well, it's a good thing he's dead now. <laughs> well, he's dead now, so it's, it's not even a problem. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Right. That's oh, nothing to no be attention. concerned about. <laughs> pay no attention. He, he died. Yeah, the controversy didn't die. All of his clients are still out there just, like, running wild. Yeah. And with no accountability. It's one of the first conspiracies that only has one person convicted. <laughs> well, two, technically, but he died, so... Died, allegedly, whatever. Killed. Allegedly, not suicide. <laughs> and not... I, I don't know if I believe that he's dead at this point. Like, I, I'm one of those people. Like, I need a, I need a real body. <laughs> I'm morbid like that. <laughs> right. I know it's also influenced by well I I have actual evidence that I've seen of his island after he died that makes me suspicious more so of that theory and how right it could be because there was a lot of activity on the island after he died that can't be explained other than like something's going on here who's paying something's these people going on. I think I think 
it's also likely that people were very busy trying to cover up evidence and anything. They were, and we saw it in real time on this um, wonderful uh, video series of drones um, from Rusty Shackelford. Shout out to you. Um, Who's a little cuey, but not too cuey. So I just watched the videos, and he left it up to us to see what was going on. But he was on that island and, you know, with the drone, and they were trying to hide evidence, the FBI during the raid, and there was a, a missing ambulance, which was very strange. Like, things were happening that could not be explained, other than stuff, things were moved around, computer disappeared and came back. It, it was weird. Maybe it didn't come back, actually, I don't remember. But they, like, put a cardboard uh, box, like, they they folded it and put it on the window to get away from the drone. And then they're like all these workers all over the place, like setting up for what seemed to be a party. It was very strange. There's no other way to look at it than like, you're like, huh, did this dude die? I don't know. It makes you wonder. Things that make you go, hmm. But yeah, it's funny how it's all connected. I mean, not funny, haha, but like the rape, blackmail situation is connected to the pandemic situation, which is connected to the 9-11 situation, and anthrax, of course, before that, and terrorism, and it's all one big narrative, and we've been inundated with all this misinformation, so it's no wonder that there's a lot of misinformation coming about after that, like, because people don't know what to believe. So how can you be against them? Like, how can you say anyone's a terrorist just because they believe a certain thing? Beliefs are powerful, but they're not going to rule society. Like, people can get along. We can get along, and we don't need to be divided and ruled by these motherfuckers, these predators in power, as, you know, I put it so eloquently. Um, Predators and power is a really good term. Yeah. Literally, they are all bought and sold predators, you know, in a big club that we'll never be in, thankfully. And they have priorities that we'll never really understand. And a lot of them do believe what they say. And, you know, that is powerful as well. But they're able to get along with all these other motherfuckers. We should be able to get along with everybody else in our group and fight against them. And that's what I'm trying to get people to do. That's what I've been trying to do. Totally agree. Yesterday I had the pleasure of co-hosting a meeting of the Independent National Council, which is like a coalition group of minor parties, like third parties, and also people who are just politically independent who are fed up with what's happening, you know, politically right now in the country. And I don't know, maybe that's something you'd be interested in. I'll send you an invite to the next one. Cool. Oh, yeah, tell me about your experience as we end the show um, of moving from L.A., L.A., to um, where you are now and and what that's been like. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I found out in March that I was pregnant. Hmm. And so it was just a real, you know, I was very busy. I was touring the country at the time. I continued to tour and I was very lucky. I was very healthy and 
I hadn't received any vaccinations, so I wasn't worried about that hurting my, my baby. But when we thought about what was going to happen when we gave birth and, you know, like I'm, we're planning a home birth, I'm doing about a month. But we thought, you know, what if there's a medical emergency and I have to go to the doctor, I need to get a C-section. And the thought of being pressured with, with shots and mm. having the California government come after us and trying to inject the baby, we were like, we just, this is untenable. I just, I just can't do it. Like I can stay and fight as an adult, but mm. I just don't want to put my child at risk. And now with the, with the new bill, I can't remember the name of it, it's AB something 1200 800 with a bill that goes after doctors for speaking out against vaccinations or anything that that the california government deems misinformation this is like i just don't know how we're really going to navigate this it's my first child and we just were like we we gotta get out gotta get out of here so we ended up moving to austin texas we've been here for less than two months and um you know, so far, no one's harassed me about whether or not I'm going to inject my baby with an experimental drug or any other vaccinations. So it's, I think we made the right choice. It was it was a little bit frustrating to have to kind of pack up and leave because I was in the middle, of, obviously, of working really hard on reforming L.A. And I, I was yeah. incredibly impressed with the progress we'd made. I mean, there's like 11 million people in L.A. County. And to be able to, to make positive changes with a group of uh, a few thousand people is, is, like, remarkable. But, you know, let that encourage everyone else that you might be the minority, but if you work really hard and you you know how to network and you know how to apply leverage and pressure, like, you can, you can do a lot. So I encourage everybody else who's in L.A. and fighting, like, keep up the fight because it is worth it. Yeah. It's, like, a very worthwhile thing to do. I agree. Yeah, I've been fighting since 2020. (laughs) Before anyone really even thought about it in the way that I was thinking about it. And, and just to, it sucks to be right. You don't want to be right about this shit. Like, this is the worst thing to be right about, because it's, it's literally the apocalypse, because you're learning so much about society and what's happening. And your eyes are opened, finally. That's what an apocalypse is. It's not like the end of something. It's the beginning of something. So this is a new era of enlightenment for a lot of us. And we've got to navigate that well. And we've got to do it together. We can't do it alone. We have to be in strong numbers. And we can't get co-opted. We can't get, you know, snippety at each other. (laughs) Like, there's just too much of them their relationship is too tight and they probably have sex with each other. I don't know what they do, but like, I wouldn't be surprised, but there's probably orgies and shit. But anyway, like they're too tight together, tightly knit that we have to be as tightly knit as they are, or we are not going to, we're not going to succeed. And some of that is because there is a lot of division going on in the pop culture and the like Kanye West shit. And like, just things that they throw at us, Nazis, Ukraine, and, you know, student loans, da 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 get everybody upset, abortion, bodily autonomy. Oh, now you care about bodily autonomy, because you didn't right. before. <laughs> but right. once you, you did the vaccine mandates, there's never going to be bodily autonomy after that. And that happened a long, long time ago, technically, that, you know, smallpox and all that. And in Leicester, Leicester whatever it's called, <laughs> in the UK, a long, long time ago, it happened, um, that 
there was forced vaccination. So yep. once that's allowed, there's no bodily autonomy. So there was never going to be bodily autonomy. So you shouldn't be surprised when things happen that you don't agree with. You should be on the side of bodily autonomy in the first place. You pick the wrong side. The people who are upset about it now, who don't, you know, have so many things to say about anti-vax people or whatever they perceive to be anti-vax people. You know what? I'm not laughing at them. I'm not judging them. I'm not angry at them. I'm just disappointed in them because they should have been there with us. They should not have been against us. And I will go against those people and be like, you weren't there for me. I don't appreciate you being there for me now when you weren't there for me before, when it really counted for everyone to be on the same page. And we didn't, we could have had a shorter fight than four fucking months in yeah. LA than what we had um, because of people like, I will put them out there, you know, people's, uh, people's city council that went against, you know, people who were anti-vax in their eyes and now are upset about the racism. Well, there was racism right. in the mandates, but you didn't give a fuck then. So why should Absolutely. why should I be putting you on a, a you know high pedestal and being like, oh yeah, you're you're on our side. You're not. You were on the side of getting clicks or whatever, being on the media side and and choosing to believe everything that you heard about the vaccines, which ended up being not true. And you don't come out now. A lot of them don't come out now and say, oh shit, I got fooled. Sorry. Because everybody wants to be right about everything. And when they're wrong, they just, they're quiet as a mouse. They're very, very vocal when they're wrong in the first place. And they get told that they're wrong. And they're like, no, I'm right. And then when you point out that they were wrong the whole time, they're like, well, I'm not going to say well, anything. <laughs> right, right. Well, oh, well, that's all in the past. Now. Well, what it's about Trump? Well, what about Ukraine? It's always something else that they're going to yep. be angry about. They just are fundamentally like in, incapable of learning from their past and always having an enemy that's not any way to live that's what social engineering is on t twitter and facebook and all these sites they want people to be sniping at each other busy sniping at each other so they don't see that they're all getting fucked at the same time by the same people Agreed. just throw some mayonnaise or whatever on a fucking painting and call it a day that's, they're laughing at you. <laughs> I'm laughing at you. You're embarrassing yourselves. Anyway, that's a fun way to end the show. But uh, do you have any events coming up other than that? Um, any well, life events? In, in Austin, Texas, November 4th and 5th, we have a couple of Libertarian Party events that are going to be really exciting, and I am going to be speaking at them um, and then I'm going to be taking a little bit of a break in December. I'll probably be having a baby at the beginning of the month. And I'm looking forward to working with more independents um, on a big event in early spring here. And then I'll just be hitting the hitting the road again for my tour. I'll just have a baby with me. Yay. Um, yeah, once, once uh, spring gets here, I'll be hitting national, you know, like the, the Libertarian Party state convention tour again, which is always a lot of fun. It gives me a lot of opportunities to speak out about these issues and connect with more people who are like-minded. Cool. Well, I really do thank you so much for this discussion and 
you know, being patient during the videos and stuff. I know they're like, ah, they get you. They get me riled up. <laughs> but, yeah. but it's good to point it back at them. Like, I think it's really a, a good idea to, to never forget what they said and what they're doing now and yeah. how that does not equate. That's not, it's, it doesn't match. And, you know, all the TikTok fucking videos and the nurses and everything, like, just never forget what they lied about and how they lied yeah. to you and how they're still in charge and they're still lying. And don't just do what they say. Like, get the booster, get the booster. You got to get the booster. Like, even in the store, I heard them talking about the booster. I'm like, wow, I've never really listened to the announcements in the store or whatever. But that's fucking insane that they're, like, still promoting this shit when they know that people know that it doesn't work very well, that it does not stop transmission, which means it cannot possibly, let's get scientific, it cannot provide immunity, herd immunity, if it is not able to stop the spread of the disease, which is what we were supposed to do in the first place. Remember, again, we're going to go back to 15 days to slow the spread, which never happened. Then it turned to 30. Then it turned to a year, two years. Yeah. It's going to keep going like that. That was during Trump. You can't say, oh, Trump, Trump, Trump. Nope, that was during Trump. Fauci, during Trump. Started during Trump. Went to the next one. Continuous government. Keeps going. So thanks very much for listening. Thank you so much for joining. And I hope everyone has a great Halloween. Happy <laughs> uh, Halloween. Happy Halloween if you if you celebrate it. If you don't, just enjoy your day off, I guess. If you, if you have a day off, you probably don't have a day off because it's not a real holiday. But anyway, enjoy yourself. Enjoy life and enjoy the weather in L.A. because it's not that bad right now. So that's pretty good. Yay. All right. I love you, everybody. Thank you very much for listening and have a great rest of the, well, a great, a great November because we'll see each other at the end of November. So let's hope it doesn't get too bad next month. I'll go over it when that comes and we'll get it more into pop, you know, the day, day-to-day topics and everything and like what Biden is doing. Maybe he'll be dead by then. He said he could drop dead any minute. So we'll see. Um, not putting that out there is something I want to happen, but if it does happen, I will cover it as I should. And Kamala will be happy. Anyway, bye. <laughs> Da-da-da. <laughs>